Thanks for tuning into this podcast, everybody. On this episode, Ben, Keith, and I are going to be talking about all the things that we've learned over the years, turkey hunting in hill country on public land. We talk a little bit about how we got our start hunting turkeys on public land and all the things that we've learned from that time frame all the way till now about how to approach turkeys in different situations in the hill country. We're starting to get pretty excited about turkey season. We're posting a lot of videos on our channel right now from last season and we're going to be starting our season this year here in just a couple weeks. So we're going to be talking more and more about turkeys here in the podcast in the next couple months. If there's ever anything that you guys want to hear related to turkey hunting or anything else for that matter, please let us know and we'll try to have a conversation about that subject. So last year was a pretty wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. And that's why we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild is a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing trophies, gear reviews, inviting friends, and as you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started or check the description of this podcast to find the link. So at THP, we all shoot bear archery. And if you have any interest in checking out new bows this offseason, check out BearArchery.com. They have stuff for beginners and veteran archers and anything in between. So if you guys have any interest in bear equipment, we can save you 10% off of all their bows with the code THP10. All right, let's talk hill country turkey hunting. All right, so we haven't done a turkey podcast yet. Been kind of holding off on it. I actually haven't even been like thinking about turkeys too much or getting excited about them i guess until just r- real recently started to find videos yeah and i you know got my mississippi tag and i'm pretty excited yeah. about that it's like now that pretty i actually sweet. have the tag i feel like it's getting here mm-hmm. and we're scouting this weekend saw so some turkey sign today did you see turkey i think sign? i saw some scratching yeah didn't see a lick of it I think I got in the bad. I got in the gar hole today. You've gotten the good stuff. <laughs> Found a good shed today. Found a great shed today. A beautiful. It kind of keeps yeah. It keeps getting at me. It's like dang, that is a nice one. A beautiful right. three point with a eye guard. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a really nice buck. Just a really nice new spot that we checked out. So we feel good about that. And I feel like every time you check out a new spot, it kind of builds your resume and feeling good about that from a deer perspective but my idea of this podcast is to talk about some of the things that we have changed in our turkey strategy over the years when we were growing up turkey hunting i guess it looked i guess it looked different to start for me and ben and keith for sure and I'll give a quick background on like my experience. When I was first starting to get into it, my grandparents were renting a place from a couple that owned, let's just say like 150 acres. And back on that property was a field and just a nice wood lot. 
and at the time it was one of the very few places in my life when I was young that I had ever even seen turkeys like even knew of wild turkeys to exist because where I grew up in western Ohio there just weren't many of them so they were around don't get me wrong but like not a whole lot and like we lived in a woods where we would see deer and like in farm country so we would see deer but we never saw turkeys they probably just weren't on you weren't on the main any main river water water system yeah and that's where you had to be yeah and we would just travel back to my parents parents you know and we'd turkey hunt from there and when i was nine i shot my first turkey back there after trying a lot and like missed some turkeys and you know had my close calls and just like all that fumbling around stuff i was like beginning to do when i was like as early as like six i was turkey hunting and uh i remember shooting that first turkey then i shot another one the next year and then I remember specifically talking to the landowner and him being like, yeah, like, not anymore. Like, not once you guys to hunt there anymore. And I remember being like, dang, like, it really sucks. And uh, I think my, my grandparents had actually moved from that place that they were renting from him. And that's kind of what was the, the like, well, they're not renting here anymore. You know, well, just easier to not let them go. So... Mm-hmm. Me and my dad and my brother, right at that time frame, when I was 12, started turkey hunting public land. Like almost, well, no, exclusively, I would say. My grandpa has property, and there's just really not turkeys on it. It's super weird. Mm It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He always gets really excited when one flock passes through in Mm -hmm. the fall and stuff. I know he would always get fired up seeing them. And there, one flock in the there's fall. a few more there, like in the last couple years, but it's never really been worth hunting them, you know, to where mm-hmm. we were just like, just left it alone, I guess, for the most part. And then um, we started hunting public land. So our whole camp would go hunt public land. And that's kind of just the experience that I had. I mean, we had some permission. I guess we hunted a place. Um, fairly close to home where my dad and our buddy rich got permission but um it wasn't a whole lot of acreage so really hunting public land running and gunning is kind of like where the origin really is of my turkey hunting and where i really started to enjoy it the most was when we had all that room to go and i remember really thinking like man like when you can just go like this, it's so fun. And you just find yourself way back in there. And at the time, what I felt like was way back in there really wasn't. You know, looking at it now, it's like, oh, we'd breeze through that in like an hour. But felt like we were mm-hmm. so far back. You get on the ridge top, you feel like you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you kind of are, but it's just like not as big a scale as I once thought it was. But we ended up then... Um, starting to hunt together i guess all of us you know later in life about high school time frame i started hunting with ben and then right about the time keith got done with high school we started hunting with him and it's just funny to think back like how much 
since that time frame when we first started hunting together how much our strategy has changed on it what are some of the things that you look back on ben like to college time frame that make you think like man what the hell were we doing or why would we ever have done that now we do it way different or oh man i mean to begin with when we hunted private land or just fields i guess mm-hmm. we hunted fields could be hunted public fields at one point too we just were so freaking stuck to a spot that it was just like we didn't even like we're deer hunting turkeys basically mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i mean we had success here and there i was gonna like, say you were successful a couple yeah times, like so, yeah. and maybe that's the right way to hunt them in those pieces because like there was not that much land but we didn't really like get out of our comfort zone at all but i mean you know in the last few years i'd say the big thing is like learning god there's so many things but i'll just throw one out there learning how to get to a point where you can hear the maximum amount of turkeys because we're, you know, we're hunting big tracks or at least big enough tracks to like make large moves, get to a point where you can hear and like attack a bird from, from a wise, you know, attack. Like, so Mm -hmm. going from above or going from a quiet route, Versus, like, in the past. Just going like, straight at it. Just going like straight that, at it. Yeah. Like, and just completely bulldoze. And then, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a huge thing we've learned in the past few years. Is like, mm-hmm. And knowing that predetermined, like, knowing the spot or knowing what the terrain feature looks like to take that safer route to it. You know, we're, understanding what, what we're looking at on the map and how that's going to look on the ground. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. yeah. That's something that you take to, like, you know, Virginia or something like that. Mm -hmm. You blow the train up two to three times the scale. So one thing that I think is really funny that we used to do, and I don't think it's totally out of the question to do, but we didn't even like recognize that we were doing it as starting low. We would start low a lot. And I, I still don't think that that's always all bad, but we didn't even consider that up top you can hear more. I think that's the biggest part of that. It's not that starting low is always bad. It's just that you, we did, at the time, I know I didn't even really recognize how much better you could hear from the top. And I know that's like pretty common. Not, I mean, it's something that we always do now, and it's pretty common knowledge in you know turkey hunting and listening in general, but it's just like it never was a issue for in my head for me to not be at the top at the beginning and now i almost would say exclusively i want to start at the top or at least be headed that direction right Mm -hmm. out of the gate the first year i lived here i did the same like 2017 three or four years ago i'd get to the i'd get to a spot and i'm like oh i could and i'd hear a bird and like I'm in the bottom still, realistically. And the thing is, those turkeys would be roosted on points like this. Mm-hmm. And then I'd hear them, and then I would just lose them. But what they probably did was just wrap the terrain and moved up, or they just moved up. And then I'd hear them again, and I'd be like, where the, where the hell up there? <laughs> and it's like, if oh, if I just started on like the ridge, but I was already start, starting in like the valley, <laughs> and you'd hear more birds because they roosted on the points above the valley. Yeah. But they are always like, picking some little and there's so much terrain that like 
they get behind one little hillside well, and you lose hillside them. hillside and they're completely gone. Right, right. Yeah. And like, and that was the year that I think that I, I, I was just like, oh, I can't catch. And then you can't catch up with them, of course, mm-hmm. because you're just, you're just following a freaking bird that can fly <laughs> and like to what destination you don't really know even. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, I mean, uh, it was, it was a weird way to hunt them. But after that year, I think that that's when it really clicked for me. I was like, dude. And I talked to some people at work too, and they were just like, "You start on the top, dude. Just start on the top of the freaking world, and just hang loose. And mm-hmm. like, for, like you said, you I mean if you gain forty feet up there on the ridge top, you gain like a mile of advantage mm-hmm. in the other direction. And then you just pick that bird you can hear, or pick the bird you think you can hunt that day, and mm-hmm. or that you can make a play on. Right, right. And I think a lot of it." Two is what I've learned since, like, the time frame of starting down low, like, in college, when we were new to hill, big hill hunting, we were, like, always hearing these turkeys at random times, too, and it was, like, like you said, losing them. We'd like hear something and then they'd go quiet or they'd stop gobbling. And I recognize now that that doesn't happen as much as we think it does. I think we just often lose turkeys and we just don't know where they go because they caught behind some terrain or whatever. And all of a sudden can't hear them. And then we just blame it on like something else. Like we blame it on them. (laughs) Well, that's just like kind of a way of, of, I guess not facing the fact that maybe we just lost track of them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So one thing that has really helped me is thinking on a basic level every time that your toms are going to go up, especially your lone toms. I guess that specifically, like knowing that your lone toms are going up, your hand up toms, are generally going down or staying close to the roost site. And you basically play off of that basic concept. You play a different game thinking that you're with a turkey with hens or you're with a lone tom. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have that basis and you're up high, so let's paint a picture. We drive up to a public land pull-off. We look at the map. We see a high point that we can get to that we believe from there we can hear a bunch of different finger ridges that turkeys might be roosted at the ends of or in the valleys in between you know those finger ridges and you kind of just let the morning play out if a turkey starts to go up you know you hear a turkey kind of down low first light on the roost and he flies down and then he starts to like periodically gobble and he's like climbing he's like getting closer to that top for one you might just set up because he might just be coming up especially if you're on that highest point because the reason that he's going up is at least in my opinion and you know i guess our opinion and other thp members opinion is like if he goes up to that high point he gobbles and he's casting that call way down into all those bottoms like he's doing the same thing that we're trying to 
to do with hearing, just reversing it with sound. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like when we're trying to strike a bird. If you're up on the top calling down, a lot of times you're covering more ground than if you're like buried down in the valley. You know, just trying to imagine where that sound is going to kind of travel through the terrain. And he is doing that, and he's trying to call up a hen to him. He's trying to make hens know that he's in that specific spot and go up. And that's, generally speaking, the easiest turkey to call in. Because he's alone. He knows that, like, he's going to a place. When he knows he's going to a place where there are hens, too. And if you can kind of cut him off to that spot and already be there from just standing there listening or... You know, you've seen the sign there that tells you he might be on this, like, and that's kind of what plays into the strut zone. Like, that's a that's a hill country strut zone mm-hmm. where, like, maybe down um, in the flatland of, like, Florida, for example, maybe a strut zone looks a little bit different. Maybe it's on, like, an old path or maybe it's on just a small patch of timber that's open inside of a, you know, palmettos. But point is, is, like that high point is his strut zone because he can be known there. Mm-hmm. Like he can let mm-hmm. everybody know. So if he gets out on this, like, you know, we're talking like he roosts out here, he comes up to the secondary point, and say you're on, like, the main ridge. You're like, you put yourself in the highest position. He may not until 10 o'clock want to make it to this point, but if he does... Like you said, you might not be in a bad position at that high, like the highest point. We're talking like 20, 40 foot difference in elevation. But you're there where multiple secondary ridges come in. Mm-hmm. And for him at some point, he gets up there and that's, that's his strut zone. He can freaking touch the whole mm-hmm. township from mm-hmm. that spot. And like, like he's how, that I bird. I like how he, you incorporate a township. Yeah, you know, you know, you keep Especially if there's any. <laughs> <laughs> he's like. He's like the bird that wants to really put himself out there. Like he's the up and comer. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not the one with big daggers on his no. foot. He's I guarantee he's that. A two-year-old or a three-year-old in a heavy population. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's the one. I like the way you put it. Like the, the big boys with the hands are going to a, a hole. Mm-hmm. We saw that a whole in different uh, freaking strategy there. That Tennessee hunt. Mm-hmm. Tennessee bird number two. That was like one of the most insane descriptions of experiences. <laughs> descriptions <laughs> of big boy takes hens. Yeah. Little boys gobble their asses off and be fools. Moved to like multiple different points throughout and like it covered so much ground, just like circling. But they were just satelliting that Tom hens, giant Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, the story on that is is we were up high way up high and there were these big long fingers and it was like an extreme version of how we learned to hunt hills you know and we heard this turkey way down there and here's another advantage of being up on that top part versus down low if you're on top you can generally figure out which ridge you have to take to get to that turkey and still be on his same ridge versus like having to do a down and back up if that makes sense. You always are just taking terrain down to him. You're not Mm -hmm. going up and over to get to him. And if you do that... You don't lose any, like, advantage or sound. mm -hmm. Right. And you can just make sure that you're right there with him the whole time. You don't end up, like, on the next ridge over from him as you lose elevation, which sometimes can put you just far enough away that he doesn't want to make that commitment. But if you stay on the same finger as him, 
it just becomes, you know, pretty easy to call him straight up that ridge. And that's what we were trying to do in Tennessee, but there was this, like, very subtle break in the gobbling where we were, like, trying to cut distance, and we were actually hearing multiple turkeys, but we thought it was just one. Maybe thought it was two, but thought it was just one. And I'm up ahead kind of moving fast, and all of a sudden I, like, stop, and I hear I hear him drum, and I see some movement, and I look down there, and I'm like, holy, he's right there. And we get to looking at this thing, and it was just a boss time. turkey. You could tell something about him was, I mean, he ended up, we ended up, didn't we end up calling him like Eight Beard or something? (laughs) Isn't that how Eight Beard started? Potentially. It's because it was like, that thing was just like the one you want. Like, you you know, in deer hunting, it's easy to tell. But, and when you look at enough turkeys, it becomes easy to tell too. Like that thing's a boss. Just the behavior of like what he was, what he was doing. Colin had him dead too. Yeah. Yeah. was like sleeping or however yeah. that went over but <laughs> but we were moving down towards him see him he's down in the bottom with hens like you said you use the term hole ben and that's a great explanation this thing is in this deep deep pocket and um you really can't hear him unless you're right above him and he's not gobbling anymore that's another really interesting thing about yeah Really interesting thing about the dominant turkeys, it seems that they want to drum more, gobble less. And then and the reason they're not gobbling is they don't have they're not calling anything in. There's no there's no reason for a Tom in the timber with four hens to just stand there and hammer. Like he's only drawing unnecessary he's just displaying attention. At that, yeah, he's just yeah. Yeah, he's just displaying with his feathers, not mm-hmm. his gobble. Mean the while though there's two other birds just like gobbling every which i mean they're moving so much down in that bottom and all of a sudden sure enough here they come and they come into view while we're we're stranded too we got ourselves a little too close and then we got stuck so we're watching this happen and we watch these other two birds come in they come in he immediately runs them off and like this is when i really could tell he was big is i could compare him to two other long beards and it was like whoa this thing's giant. Like, he made those two other t- toms, like, full-grown toms, look small, small. <laughs> and uh, he ran them off, and eventually the, the whole flock kind of drifted out of sight closer towards the end of this finger that we were on, but just kind of wrapped around the end of that finger. And we kind of met back up and started moving in, and Colin was just kind of dropped back filming, I think, is what he was doing. He just had a camera, and he was sitting there. And they came in behind him. And that's, like, we had tried to move in tighter to him. And we had got close to him. And we were right around him could at hear one him point. drumming for, like, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at one point, he was right behind us. And we had those hens at, like, mm-hmm. two yards. Yeah, and he, he was, was just, just out of sight. Yeah, that was... That was crazy. <sighs> and yeah. at one point, the hens start calling. And while that's happening, the other two satellite birds start hammering again. And they're just going nuts. And it kind of gets to this point where it's like, okay, well, if we don't kill this big bird, if we can get those hens on the other side of us and basically get between those hens that are chirping and these two satellite birds that clearly keep just coming into the party and then getting run back off. But, like, that's what's all happening. If we can get back in between them, like, we can call these things Just become that hen. Like, become the hen that wants to get bred. Like, try to pull those ones in. 
just on the edge and start to create this at least from a calling standpoint what i was visualizing there is like just create this image in their head that there's all of a sudden this lone hen Mm-hmm. Right where they've been all morning, just going, hey, 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 I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, and that's what I did, and I just, pop, 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 you know, yelp, mm-hmm. cut, they gobble, bam, 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 and then they just came in right on a string. Now, we kind of got on a sidetrack with that story, but it's basically the two sides, the of, two sides. of what you were just saying, yeah, of the. The only thing is, is those turkeys didn't necessarily go way up. It was a windy day, so they were all kind of down low. I mean, they maybe went up a little bit at times. seemed like they were going to those second areas, though. Mm-hmm. They were hanging around on those second areas where they could get just above where the... Creek bottom Yeah, where, those, where they knew that Tom was at, essentially. Mm-hmm. They and were just satellite him all... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's totally the, the, the role of that situation there. But, you know, another turkey hunt that comes to mind of like a classic i guess two-year-old turkey coming right down the pipe and a turkey that's going up in hill country is kentucky Mm. kentucky last year we were hunting um and this video just went up so like we were hunting a new spot went up a long secondary ridge to get up to like what you'd consider the main ridge system. And we climb all the way up there and there's us on a high point, a big saddle, another high point, and kind of off that high point a little bit, there was this Tom just going pretty, pretty good on his own. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't gobbling like an insane amount, but he was gobbling plenty enough where it was like, that seems like the lone situation. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where I was going to throw a very specific example of what we used to do and what we do now, or, or at least better at. I say what we do. Like, yeah, we never mess it up, dude. No, <laughs> that's not true at all. Because we were, we were actually planning to mess this up, but luckily we didn't. <laughs> so where I think experience has definitely taught us compared especially compared to man like three years ago we were just rammy as all get out like we'd hear turkey and we'd be like all right let's just go get so close to him and it worked a lot and i think that's why we kept doing it but on the flip side like the calling confidence was not there at that point like i wasn't practicing calling at that point you throw yourself into a weird situation when you start getting rammy like that like a turkey like may want to be in a certain area you mm-hmm. just by the time you get there he's just there mm-hmm. and that's the 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 there is not where you are mm-hmm. and, and then you're d- just like in a weird and you're just like oh he showed up right but, like he really just like went to a different side of the ridge mm-hmm. and like if you if you're just like chill and you're on that well continue your story but yeah I mean, in this situation, we were just up high, and we were we were up on his level. Like, we were already on the same level as him, and I think that's crucial to this specific situation, where he was about as far as you could ever believe a turkey would get called in from. He was like 400 yards, maybe just shy of 400, the way that it would have taken for him to go on this particular spot he was at, 
around the top of the ridge, up across that saddle, and come up to our high point. And in the past, we'd have totally tried to get to where we were 100 yards from him. Like, we needed that number of, I mean, we've needed that number a lot. Like, wow, we need to be 100. We need to be 150. We need to be 75. I mean, there's times we crawl up and shoot him. Hmm. And there's some situations where that's still going to be the play. But where I used to never give it the chance is this. As we set up top, 400 yards away from this thing, knowing that, like, the woods was super crunchy and that given day we had real tough conditions to keep getting closer and in that spot we didn't have a really great way to do it quietly either it was Mm -hmm. like we're gonna go down crash and down through there so we just sat there and called one time maybe two and scratched and then we just kind of left it alone and all of a sudden here he comes like just really defined and you can hear it in the video if you're listening with head for sure if you're listening with headphones and you can hear it you can definitely hear the stick break like there's audio there that's no gobbling just no gobbling and then all of a sudden you heard him drum and it's like whoa it's definitely right here and he was just way over there way (laughs) over there and he basically just like there's like two knobs and he just like did this like 250 yard break mm-hmm. in like a minute mm-hmm. it was crazy because yeah. like we heard him go he gobbled out on that like to kind of like the left a little and then he gobbled again and he comes back to the right and i it's i'm pretty sure that's in the video too i turned to you and i'm like he moved to the right didn't he maybe i might have cut it out but i was like he moved right didn't he and then I'm like, I'm going to stand up and look. And the reason I was standing up and looking, I was planning a route to try to get closer to him and trying to see if I thought there was any way that he would ever come through that saddle that we were in, just making sure it wasn't too thick. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we heard a stick break. And I heard a, that stick, and I'm like, like that doesn't even seem right. Like, that's got to be something moving through here. Like, it can't be just be a squirrel. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right after that, it was like, you could start hearing the one, two on the leaves. And he came right up there. Never gobbled. So, there's so many hunting situations. Thing is, like, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I was say, a bird like that, like, he's hammering down on the secondary. He moves up. He hits that high point. He gobbles once or twice. All of a sudden, he gets what he wants, a mm-hmm. hen on the next knob over. He'll shut the hell up until he gets mm-hmm. – He would. I, I feel like he wouldn't have gobbled. Had we completely sat still and not shot him, I feel like he would have got to literally where we're sitting mm-hmm. or like 10 yards away and got there and just stood around and strutted for a while and then gobbled again. Mm-hmm. From that, cause After that, 10 that, minutes or so when yeah, you didn't see anything. Because that's like the – He's just like, oh, shit. This is right where this call is coming from. Yeah, Yeah. and he's just like, oh, this is the next high point. Mm -hmm. Like, we put up, we basically called, and then what you said in the video, too, is super important. Like, we made him think that, like, hey, we're here, we're here, we're here, we're here. And then he started moving, and, like, by the time he's in that saddle, like, we just completely shut up. We didn't, like, touch a leaf. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, gets close, and he's probably just like, yeah, well, she's probably over the knob. Right. So even if we didn't do anything at all, and like you shot him at the time you should have, but had we not shot him then, I feel like he probably sort of like wrapped that knob and came like real close to where we were. <laughs> right. Really close. Like looking, like 
looking for exactly where we were, but also kind of looping around the top to be like, did she go over this side of it? Right. Or is she over this side? Is she over this side? But ultimately, yeah, ended up ended right up at the five peak. five freaking yards from us. And he would just been like, Wow. Yeah, at some <laughs> point. Where are you? Would have got flustered. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you're in, and, and then because we because we shut up, mm-hmm. that would have that I feel like that would have given the reason to stand on that high point and be like, Hey, where you at? <laughs> and that's you know? that's thinking about it from the communication standpoint, not just is that turkey gobbling or is he not? When you're just thinking of it on that like very, very, very like is he gobbling or is he not? You're not thinking of it necessarily from the communication standpoint what does that communication mean yeah and by no means like do we have this mastered but we're always talking about it and trying to get better at it yeah. so listening to this you know hopefully you're not thinking like we're, we're we acted like we have all the answers this is just stuff that we've observed we've messed up in the past and we haven't recognized sometimes like we were talking about earlier making that move and committing to that move, and then he's already at the next spot. Yeah. That's a mistake where we didn't recognize that turkey wants to come up. He wants to be right up here where we are. We don't have to move to him. He's coming this way. And that's something that I just really, really have messed up and continue to mess up at times. We just did it last year. We did it last yeah. year after this Kentucky thing. Mm-hmm. We got up way up on this high point. We're way up there. We're not getting anything to gobble. And I'm kind of just like, dang, like this kind of sucks. Like kind of just feeling sorry for myself because I'm like, I thought for sure there'd be turkeys back in here. And Keith is back behind me. And I start just like hammering on a glass, just trying to raise hell, like literally trying to make something hear it and gobble from however far away at this point. I'm just trying to get a reaction. And all of a sudden, it's just like, blah, 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 right down, like in the valley, but it's far, but down in there, and like definitely responded to me, like after I had been just like, I mean, doing doing the warb, right? Yeah. Like standing up there, just cranking on that thing, and I knew I was at a high point, knowing same thing. You got you got to think of it too, as a reversal from the tom to the hen too. When a hen wants Tom, where else is she going to call yeah. from but that high point mm. or a place that she knows she can at the very least cast that call and get it to go somewhere. She's not going to go down in a valley between two secondary ridges and chatter one off. It's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The only place it's going is kind of up and, you know, <laughs> wherever, up and out, but not necessarily like going out across a big area or 360 degrees even. So if she gets to that high point, she can do that. And sometimes you'll see those hens do that. Like when you watch a hen, and every once in a while you see it. You don't see it, but man, maybe even when you're hunting a bunch, maybe two or three times a year, when you see that hen just lose it and just do what we're doing, mm-hmm. just cutting, 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 and yop, 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 She's she wants that to be so loud. She's communicating. In that very specific way of, hey, I'm going to just let this baby rip and just let it go out. <laughs> She's not even really concerned about how, what that day that's putting into her in, in mm-hmm. putting her into danger or what. She's just letting her rip. The craziest one of that I've seen was when we were hunting with Jacob. Oh Me and Ben God. and Jacob, we were hunting in public. And, like, we 
turned and like made a move on this, this bird. That was frustrates me. I hate that you're bringing it up, but because <laughs> because of the whole like because it's my my new hunter, <laughs> my new hunter. Oh no 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 no! It make it just it frustrates me because of the uh, because of where you guys were. You were like, oh, like all this is just another hunter, and ended up being like your best decoy. Oh, oh yeah, dude. but but it was like we had heard we made a move on this tom that was like closer to the road, and we had heard a couple other birds, heard multiple like birds, and like made a move on the closest one. Got up on the same ridge. We were kind of moving in, trying to get a little bit closer, cover ground. Didn't call like much at all. We could like felt comfortable. We could make the move, and then like got set up to where we were like, all right, let's not get any closer. Let's just like call and approach it from here. And then like we just start hearing this, just like just like raspy. We're just like, what is going on? Someone else is like coming in. We could hear people. We heard someone road call, didn't we? I mean, you could almost see the truck. You could hear you could hear the you could hear vehicles hundred yards in the road. You could hear vehicles riding by, like on down below where that Tom was at. And like but he was just losing it. And like but then this we just think that it's a hunter coming in and this hen just comes plowing through this thicket, just like losing it on a beeline straight to that Tom. And then as soon as he would just he would gobble and she would just be like call and then like as soon as she got to where you could tell she got to him it was just like everybody's done and it was like we're out of the game at this point like we can try to cover ground but it was like slightly late season so the foliage was just like crazy thick and it was just like you're in this honeysuckle jungle or you know autumn olive rose thicket you're trying to find silent turkeys yeah that's i mean it's a fun experience, though, to see that, oh, and it really mm-hmm. teaches you a lot about that communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was just like, hey, 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 hey. I'm coming, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they meet up, and then they have no reason to communicate anymore, mm-hmm. right? They so knew they were, they were the two, yeah, they knew they were the two in the game mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And they were, honestly, definitely pressure turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely, uh, right by like, the road, yeah. Oh, it's one of the most pressured areas I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I think the just the more you go and the more you experience these things the more you can create these theories in your head and just try to put strategy to use with them because there's a lot of consistent things that over the years it's like we keep seeing it and we keep adjusting our setup to specific birds and we're killing them more frequently in a lot of different situations like end up alone alone that's like a total weirdo that's like mm-hmm. good at being alone like you know the one that's just all the one that's silly that's coming 400 yards like that's not <laughs> you know a situation you get in every time mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say like that's to me that's especially in like terrain like learning what that bird is mm-hmm. something we didn't really pick apart five years ago mm-hmm. and like thinking about you know, what's what's his intention? Like, why is he gobbling from there? I mean, obviously on the roost, they're all gobbling. But, like, when they hit the ground, why is that one just, like, screaming for the first hour? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably should have been on that <laughs> finger where he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then we saw some weird stuff in, like, Maryland when we were hunting of, like, weird crew, like, mm-hmm. very frequent gobbling birds that would, like, make some weird 
specific moves and like here's a here's a situation and here's one that i'll get shy to real quick and i don't like him and mm-hmm. i don't like to hear this turkey is just the one that never shuts up at all like literally within like 30 <laughs> seconds he's probably spit out at least two and then we get real close yeah. to him and we call i mean we'd up. be so close and he, <laughs> dude it was like a no doubter on like <laughs> you know nine out of ten turkeys you'd be like yeah. there's no way this thing's not coming in our theory and there then he'd is... gobble again he'd be so freaking gone. <laughs> our theory our theory there was he was there was two of them and his buddy got shot or his mm-hmm. or you know something happened it's like, like the one that he's a, he's a he's not a dominant tom but he's also not the the subordinate that's like looking they got for, shot first looking right He's not the subordinate that's, like, looking for some. Mm-hmm. He's just like, well, I mean, he is, but he's also just, like, kind of A little bit shit. shot, yeah. So he's like, oh. We uh, ran into hey, that hey, with the... Hey, 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 oh, wait, oh, act, and... So you know oh, how you kill that on. turkey? You crawl you up crawl to where up he's him, gobbling yeah. from. Yeah, that's how we've killed those. Uh, that, that's like, how you, you killed the one in, with in the Ohio. broken fan. And we, yeah. saw, we saw it happen because five, four or five days earlier or whatever, he was with the turkey that i shot and they sprinted into a decoy yeah. so and calling so let's <laughs> let's break that one down. break that down that's a really great hunt mm. to break now this is the very tale this is the very last hunts of the decoy days mm. we were and and this also like really opened our eyes to how turkeys respond to decoys like this was a really interesting example First day that we hunted in this area, we walked back in there. It was pouring rain, and Keith and I strike these turkeys up with, like, an hour left, maybe. Like, we don't have much time. And we end up getting pretty aggressive, throwing a decoy up into the middle of, like, the ridgetop path. And, like, they just screamed in. And it was a pair of, like, (laughs) you know definitely not dominant birds they definitely weren't with the hens at least not at that point in the day and it's pouring rain like the worst turkey hunting weather (laughs) and these things are straight up like on fire coming in (laughs) smoking hot and they sprinted and they both just like gobble right at the decoy and keith knocks one of them down awesome hunt we're super stoked (laughs) about it and we end up like being back in that same area (laughs) <laughs> a couple days later and i think i don't even think that we purposely went back in there like trying to find where he came in i think we traveled a whole bunch of different around and didn't find one until we got right back and he was just always zone. gobbling and yeah. he was gobbling again this is this is a that huge was the weird part one of the, this yeah. is a huge part of the story so we moved out a ridge could hear this turkey gobbling and it was apparent, like, pretty quick. Like, all of a sudden, we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's coming up to us. Exactly what we're talking about. Lone turkey coming up. And we're like, whoa. Like, pump the brakes. Like, we got to set up right now. And we set up. And I don't know exactly what our setup was. It could have been bad, too. But as soon as that thing came up and popped up and saw that decoy, he putted. Do you remember that? <laughs> he putted immediately. And it was really interesting, too, because after Keith had shot that turkey, he stayed around for too long. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on, and I think all of a sudden it dawned on him. And then when he came back in and saw our decoy, a couple, whatever, like, oh, five no. days later, he's just like, ooh, danger. And if he saw even the slightest bit of us sitting against a tree, 
It was enough. Mm-hmm. That he stopped in his tracks, and he was probably still sixty or seventy yards that yeah. morning, or maybe maybe it was like fifty. But either way, it was just like he was just to where he's like he's not coming any closer. And he eventually worked his way off, and he gobbled all morning. Oh. And we made multiple moves, but then we eventually just like lost track of him, whatever that meant at the time. I don't really even really <laughs> remember, but we somehow lost track of this thing, and um. And I laugh at that now because we could see him for a long time. That's what was the funniest part. It's like we'd even made a move to where we could see him again, and somehow we'd still lost track of him. But ended up going in there the next morning and setting up right to where he walked to with the plans of not using decoy because he did not like it the day prior. But he had shifted where he was gobbling from a little bit and was kind of like further buried into the between the two ridges, and he immediately flew down, went up and over our ridge like across from us across the valley from us and he went up and over that we kind of really took our time going all the way up and around him like that took quite a while actually if i remember Mm. right and he kind of we get kind of lost track of him and then all of a sudden he gobbled and we realized he was like tucked himself down in the head of that ditch around some thick stuff but was like down in that bowl like he could go, he could like gobble down drainage really would well. Would go by gobble again. Seconds would go by gobble again, just for like so long. And then every time we call, he was choking over it. But we had got to a point where we were what forty minutes or forty minutes, forty <laughs> yards from him. Oh yeah. I mean, we you was touch, just like you touch a leaf, and he's just ah. And he was just convinced we were a hen up there, but he was not gonna come up there. He was not coming up there, and. um you know, it kind of just ends up getting to that point where it's like, and maybe down the road I'll find, I'll either find joy in trying to figure out how to do it or I'll, like I'll find it fun, but I don't find it fun right now trying to figure out how to call that turkey that last 20 yards. Like I just don't find that that fun because it's like I don't really know at this point what he wants other than me to come to him. Mm-hmm. Because if he's gobbling that much, and he knows that I'm here. I Why mean, is he maybe gonna, yeah. I could sit here for four hours, but I ain't got the time. I well, got dude, time. You, sometimes you le- legally don't have the time. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, no, yeah. So we just started crawling. And basically in that situation, if I could describe it best as possible, I'm trying to put the biggest thing between me and exactly where that sound is. and just going straight for that and trying to get to that and look around it. And that's what you were doing leading the way in front of me and we went right for that tree that had the like big shoe off the end of the, on Perfect, the trunk yeah. and you just slid right up there and there he was and at that point he like kind of starts to pick up like oh maybe that's not right he's gobbling at us the whole way crawling in because we're scratching leaves and stuff but then there he is 20 yards just boom like pretty easy once you're there but i think that's a situation too though where you can read that and the maryland bird is kind of another interesting one. My memory of that is, is like we hung with that thing goblin, just nonstop goblin, an entire morning, at, at least two times, where we chased that thing the up weird, and down, up yeah. and down, up and down, that we get so close, so close. Same deal, perfect setup to where he's on that like on that lip, and you're just like you can shoot to that lip to where mm-hmm. if he just pops up, but like then you'd call, and then it's just like. 
Didn't gobble. Silence. And he's been gobbling. Like, yeah. He's been gobbling so much that there's not a minute that goes by that you even question that he's still alive. He's still right there. It's one of those birds that doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's reasons for that, in yeah. my opinion. Like Keith said, the getting shot by, you oh, know, yeah. his partner getting shot or... I mean, and it, or or he, a super or dominant freaking, bird or something like or that. Or he ran like, in and did the same thing. He didn't, he didn't get shot at, but like he's just like, oh. He got spurred by a like super dominant bird somewhere right. or something like that, and he's not falling for that trick. Whatever the pressure might be, yeah. I was hunting with John Lewis in Iowa one time, and we had scouted this area the day before season, and uh, there was these three toms, I think, strutting in a, in a field and we're like oh yeah we're gonna just go set up right there and like just basically wait them out and sure enough we're sitting there and i don't know heard some turkeys gobbling way off and all of a sudden here they come through the field and there's there's one of them and he's being like weird he's like stopping and looking back a bunch all of a sudden he's hauling it through this field never strutting just running coming right at us gets right up into the edge of the field which is like really not even that far like maybe 80 yards away from us we got decoys out and it's like oh this is gonna work for sure and he does not he looks at those decoys one time like mid walk and just puts his head right back forward and just keeps walking like never misses a beat like i am not even no like no interest redhead or not a redhead i guess it was a stale redhead mm-hmm. pale blue red stale like yeah. gray and um minutes later two other strutters bright red and white and blue heads up on the ridge strutting a pair <laughs> of them it's like well, he's just been beat up so many mm-hmm. times then you know what he did then mr sat in one spot stayed in one spot <laughs> down in a little patch of green grass and gobbled his butt off <laughs> just like just like ridiculous so to me here's how i'm gonna fix that going into my future turkey hunts if i hear that gobbling i'm not even gonna call to him no i'm not even gonna do it just try to get don't lie to yourself he's, he's giving not, you exactly don't lie to yourself <laughs> like that's what i want to tell myself right now to where when I get there and I'm 50 yards from him and I'm like, man, it's going to be so easy to just give him one little call. Just don't do it. I mean, may, honestly, just let the thing drift to you. Yeah, the worst mm-hmm. thing you do is your noise of like moving makes you sound like another bird. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, 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 hey, I need to see you. Right, and then maybe, yeah, so like yeah. hunt him the way that, you know, you don't, the last thing you want to do is let him know you're on to him at that point too i think you don't want him running away from you because then it definitely gets hard real fast like Mm -hmm. if he starts doing that like if it's the classic thing man if he does the goblin a bunch to the quiet to the now he's on a different ridge good luck yeah like that's the one where i've had the most just like whatever but when you kill that turkey you're pretty dang pumped about it because it's like (laughs) yeah it's a heck of a feat to do yeah Mm mm-hmm I think my my number one thing that has made me more confident is definitely playing the personality of the turkey. Yeah. Definitely has had a Im- major impact. Another major thing is, is just over the years, we've continued to evolve in this idea of the listening for the scratching. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, man, we'd get on a spot and we'd creep so stinking slow. 
I mean, do you remember when we oh, first yeah. started, like, realizing, hey, we can hear turkeys scratching, like, really well. Yeah. On the right conditions, we can hear them really well. We'd get on, like, a, a, a trail, and we would walk, like, silent steps. And that's actually really helped us in hunting overall, or seriously, those days, where we'd get on a trail, and we'd be so silently stepping that, like, we weren't making any noise. And we were listening so hard for that distant now we've gotten more efficient on how to understand where they're going to be doing that where they're going to be doing that and how can i hear that effectively and how do i not waste time in between hearing it here and hearing it there Mm. does that make sense like we we used to just spend it didn't matter where we were we were just trying to hear that somewhere and we weren't really good at understanding like this is a new spot because we came around this terrain feature, and now we can hear this. Mm-hmm. We would just spend too much time like in the present versus planning the next actual good spot to hear from. If that if that yeah. really makes mm-hmm. sense, like like breaking yourself. So if you're sneaking and peeking like that, getting to the new terrain feature mm-hmm. once you rule out the one you're in, you know, mm-hmm. ASAP really. Don't, yeah, yeah just like being the most, most don't spend an hour moves, in, yeah. in the drainage sneaking through that you've already kind of rolled. I mean, because when you actually hear them scratching, you're like, shit. <laughs> if they were in here this morning, like, I'd have heard them. Me and there. Colin one time, it was the last, like, day we were in Alabama, and we were just going out for a random little, like, hike around where we had been hunting. And uh, it was where we had seen some, like, shed bucks, and it's like, we're going to go look for some sheds. Mm-hmm. And we... Yeah, because the license had la- Yeah, and like we, so we were just walking around, hunting. and we like were cruising on this one side of the ridge, and like we just heard that like, like over the other side, and I was like, I crawled up on, right on top of the ridge and looked over, and there's just like three toms and two jakes and four, three or four shed bucks all feeding in like this one little pocket right here, and I was just like, oh. Like, I don't have a, I don't even think I had a camera or, like, no one had a turkey tag or anything. It was just, like, witnessing this super cool thing just from scouting around and hearing that over top of the ridge. And you could, and y'all could be watching that right now, but (laughs) Keith didn't run camera that day. (laughs) Keith was so lazy. (laughs) No, that's not true. There's been plenty of days where you see cool stuff and you don't have a camera. That's why you should just always bring it. But sometimes you just still don't listen to your to your rules. Some days you're still going to call to that turkey that's gobbling way too much to be calling to. And he's going to go directly away from you. Man, I really would like to think that... Yeah, I guess... I guess that... I'm not... I, I would really like to think that I'm not going to call to that turkey. But I know I'm going to do it again. And that's the thing that irritates me. And that's what I love about, like doing it is there's always this like new little challenge and maybe sometimes like you think that it you is the call right to move him and yeah. it is the right move and i think that is just the crazy thing another final one that i'll say is a unique one and a turkey that i i, I think we didn't get you and i specifically ben we didn't get this same type of turkey in 2020 and then we got them in um 2021 is um we were moving up on a ridge. This is in 2020. We were moving up on a ridge, and there was this turkey gobbling a bunch, and we had not heard anything all morning. And 
we were finally getting to a spot where we were in some new country and we hear this turkey and he's way off. We make this big move and we see a boot track and it's like, does this boot track go to this turkey or does it go past him? And we ended up seeing the boot track went past the turkey and we never heard anybody calling or anything. And we ended up setting up on the turkey. He's gobbling up on the high point just like a lot. And we get up right on the opposite high point from him and he's gobbling. And it's just crystal clear. Like, how can we not see this thing? He's got to be right there on that ridge. And all of a sudden, we get set up and start calling. And he kind of starts like being different. And he was gobbling really, really consistent. And we called and he kind of stopped. And then we just kept calling to him. And then he eventually just like kind of worked around and we saw him and we filmed him briefly and he just worked around. I know you're going to remember it. I can't tell you the goddamn spot though without having to, it's the one where the red fucking red truck drove up to the top of the hill over that gate that with the mm-hmm. roads closed. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Did you know what I was talking about? Yeah. Fuck. I was just like, I don't know if he knows or not. And, but I'm pretty sure we saw him go up and around and then he just kind of shut up on us and just started acting weird. And then I think we got a little too... No, we moved up on him, and he had just, like, moved down. But I think in that situation, we called too much to him. And he... We didn't give him that tease that he needed. That turkey needed a little tease. Yeah, and there's a weird... There's a weird barrier between us. Mm-hmm. There's that briary saddle. There w- there was, and that Which, definitely... Like, he he would have come through for sure. Mm-hmm. That guy also started calling, though. That, that other guy did, yeah. and he kind of worked away from that. Yeah. Because that guy was, like, further away from the turkey than we were. Yeah. And he started kind of working away, and we started panicking, and we started calling too much mm-hmm. is what happened. Yeah. And then we kind of just made him come over a little bit and check a little bit, and then he just like, eh, I'm going to keep going. I think we just became pretty unrealistic after yeah, I think a the best thing point. we could have done there is just whoosh. Yep. Whoosh, like every five minutes and probably then eventually just left it alone yeah. to make him think oh she left versus thinking oh she's there yeah, she'll scratch come to me. until he gobbles once and then like leave it mm-hmm. so then and and that's a still a different demeanor yet and I, this is super deep in turkey personality but that's still different than the one that's gobbling like a whole bunch and then shuts up and then leaves you mm-hmm but it's close. It's like his. It's like his most like. It's his last day of being. It's his first cousin. Pressured. It's his first cousin. <laughs> you know, though, like I've I've seen that yeah. turkey a lot, and like that might be a turkey in the experiences we've had getting them, is like a bird that maybe a little bit like older, seen a little bit more stuff. It's just a little bit better at like knowing what he's doing. Like, he knows if he goes and he gobbles from here, he's probably going to call up a hen. It might take him a while, but he might get one. He's probably going to get one. And the same, very same gobbling cadence was happening in Kentucky this past year. And I remember specifically us comparing this turkey, the way he was gobbling and where he was in the terrain, to that turkey that we had messed up on the year prior that we thought we called too much to. 
So moving into this turkey, I remember us saying, let's just hit him once, scratch, and then just leave it alone. And we pretty much did that because we called, we got him to like real delayed response the first time. I actually think I edited it to make it look like he gobbled a little bit faster, but that wasn't real. He was delayed to gobble just to keep the video moving. Mm-hmm. But he had the weird delayed like like a couple minutes later. Then I called again and he responded right to it. And then it's like, okay, son, you know we're here. I know right where you are. Like, let's just see what happens. And he slowly came across that saddle and Ben filmed him for, I mean, at one point he stood in the same spot for like 10 minutes. I looked at it on the video. Crazy. Didn't he, he just like, didn't even hardly move. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like he starts coming in behind us. And that's when we started calling again to kind of coax him up that last little bit. And at that point he had committed, like it was, but, but Mm -hmm. I do really believe that he could see too much from where he was. To where if you were to keep calling to him, he would have just either yeah. saw you or just hung up. And I think in that situation, it was just the perfect move. We couldn't get any closer. We needed to just bring him. We just needed to catch his attention just a little bit. And I think I think we did that one pretty pretty perfectly in how we oh, treated yeah. that turkey. Because I think he would have kicked our butt had we, had we been making the wrong decisions as far as how we were calling to him. Yeah. Don't you? Oh, like, yeah. That I mean, was super similar. Yeah, we were in the right habitat. Like, we were calling them. We were calling, like, when we called, we were in thick stuff, scratched a little bit, and then we just, like, shut up. We were in still in thick stuff. Like, in his mind, he's just like, uh, she totally. And, and we were on the highest, like, most pronounced knob where like it's totally possible a bird could just wrap around that and just completely be out of his disappear world. yeah yeah it wasn't just like we were just like low on a slope and like it was realistic for us to have like left the world up there i mm-hmm. guess dropped on the back side of the ridge for him or and I just think, like sat on the nest yeah, yeah it's a realistic hen spot too yeah, yeah. yeah. and i think that he came up there wrapping around the backside thinking that's what we did he wrapped behind us because i think we had shut up for so long that he just assumed we had already moved up and over mm-hmm. and then that's why he got behind us and then then we kind of had him dead too because it's like well you've committed all the way to there now we're just gonna pop you back up over the top and that's exactly what happened yeah it was that was a cool one that's that's that one was- i was super proud of our strategy of like how we approached that call that calling sequence yeah, and that's one of those that you just you love you some green briar when you're in that. Like, you just lay down on that stuff. Once they're that it. close and, like, get them up on a log and your footage is, mm. well, you know, if Ben points in the right direction, <laughs> you get it. But even if you don't. Even if you don't, it still makes for one of the greatest turkey hunting <laughs> memories you could ever ask for. So, I think there's going to be... Um, other situations like that in the future where we treat that same that same situation um, slow like that. But then there's a lot of turkeys, too, where you're just going to rip at, man. Like, I love just ripping at a turkey with a call. Like, just hitting them so hard. Like, it's worked so many times more than when I used to call, like, way more passive. Just like, cheep, 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 cheep. 
okay. Mm-hmm. But when I'm like, it's like, it's like, okay, now we just go sit here and watch the show, you know? Because yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, man. We used to never do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we were just weren't as good a callers, I don't think, is the biggest thing. Like, never practiced at all, except for, like, the day before season. And then it's just like, all of a sudden, you start practicing. And all of a sudden, you start getting that confidence. And that's a huge thing for me. Like, I've said it before. I've said it quite a bit, but, like. I really finally one day was just like, why am I not trying to be the best possible turkey caller that I can be? Because, like, this is my favorite thing to do. Why wouldn't I just try to get really good at this? And it's made a huge difference. So that's the other recommendation. I was going to ask you guys, do you think there's anything with, like, moving that you've learned? Like, like moving towards something or, like... No, just, like, in the moment, I know it's something that you and I have talked about a lot of, like, moving with turkeys around you. I feel like just imagining what, with every animal, I always just try to, like, be in their head and just imagine what they're seeing with wherever they're looking. Whenever you can see their eyes, just, like, whatever they're seeing. So, like, if you're just focused on what the animal can actually see when you're around them, making conscious moves... You can get away with some stuff. Turkeys are, I don't know, I don't like to play games with turkeys too close to me. See, I disagree. I, I think but, I still feel like this is one, that's a thing that I disagree with. I'm a huge mover. Love moving. Move. Like, I believe in moving so much that it's like, just get the job. That's how you, to me, get yeah, the job yeah. done turkey hunting and, versus, like, sit there and it's like, he's right here. I was like, well, I should have moved five minutes ago when I had yeah. the chance, but I was like, he was I think if you need to close. make those small moves, it's easy to just do those, like, he's walking, he's like, oh, he doesn't have the advantage at this point, like, you're making those small adjustments rather than digging yourself right a hole, here. yeah, and you're like, yeah, like you said, oh, he's 90 degrees to my right, and like, I have to do a huge swing now when I could have just been doing, like, small adjustments, potentially. Well, and you're thinking of a situation where it's like, it's kind of in your triangle in front yeah. of you, right? I'm thinking of a situation where you're facing a spot where you can only see your range. And it's like, to to see you, he's got to move a lot. Like, he's going to have to get up here with us or he's going to have to uh, basically make a continue to commit a lot of times up, mm-hmm. right? To or around any visual or whatever. You, you mean? Yeah. But it's like... I guess I guess what I mean by that is like there's a lot of times in turkey hunting where I think you still have minutes, seconds to make a pretty aggressive move mm-hmm. before it's too before, before it's like he right can even to the, see yeah, you yeah and like a lot of times like when he does see you if your gun isn't right where his head is then and you try to move to there it's too late anyway yeah, yeah. putt gone. It, you know, it's happened. It happened yeah. to us that same day. We ended up killing that turkey. And and some, but on the contrary, sometimes you make that move, and he's just like, pop, pop, pop. and then he's just there at like twenty five yards, and he's just like looking around, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like, boom, there's your shot. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like yeah, the moral of the story is like, move always. 
Yeah, and always be facing like, Unless you can too, literally yeah. see his mm-hmm. head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then don't, obviously. Yeah, but that's... Like, if, you, if you hear him walking or, you, God forbid, you see his tail fan, <laughs> you see him strut with his tail fan, then like you probably got room to move. Oh, mm-hmm. especially if it's facing away from you. Oh, <laughs> that, and that's—I mean—that's—that's that's what I mean, though. It's like as long having as you're, the you're confidence set to, to make that move. Right. Like, right. don't put yourself in a weird, like, over your right knee move. I thought you were saying more like moving with turkeys, just like within your. Yeah, vicinity. I should have been more yeah. specific. I should have been more. Specific. You mean when you're in that like last like. I'm in the spot. Don't like, freeze. Still, don't yeah. freeze. Don't get in and your head about what I see when we're with people that are newer to it, like Jacob. It's like this frozen and i'm I'm throwing jacob under the bus completely like he, he's he's gonna be in some of these upcoming videos that we got coming out but like i'm throwing him under the bus completely but it's something that i've taken for granted that i do but then when i see somebody that's newer to it i remember the days that i used to do it the freeze up where it's just like oh man he's way more to the left than i thought can i move mm-hmm. and you don't know well what I've learned over the years of doing it and not you're not moving is that I probably should have just moved. I probably should have just been like, or yeah. or it's like he's a hundred percent behind me now, and it's like, well, you know, there's only twenty yards I can even see behind me. It's like he's not that close. Like I'm gonna just do it, and to move and cover yourself. If you scratch while you're moving, you're good, baby. Mm-hmm. Like you pretty mm-hmm. much a hundred percent ensure that you're going to get away with it i think that's a big deal but anyway all right well i think ben's got, ben's got a bloody toe <laughs> he's got a toenail sitting on what? <laughs> ben's got a toenail sitting on the couch <laughs> so at this point seems like a good wrap-up boy holy crap i think ben might be Ben might be bored a little bit over there. He's pulling his own body parts <laughs> off. <laughs> a little oh. manicure. <laughs> that's a pedicure. That a pedicure. <laughs> hey, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> when in doubt, move. <laughs> when in doubt, pull your toenail off. folks well hopefully you've enjoyed this one i know i have it has been hilarious and it just got way funnier because i've been sitting here looking at that toe for like 10 minutes and i'm just like i gotta give him i gotta give the guy some relief he's got a that gum bloody toe over there (laughs) all right well thanks for listening guys catch you on the next one